go. Another episode of the Roarcast. I'm Mike Kowalski, joined by Kyle Matrician. Megan Rojas is on assignment. Um, she's in the field. She's in the field. Unfortunately, she couldn't join us today, so it's just a two-person show today. But uh, once again, we are in the middle of a takeover week. This week, we are joined by members of the Columbia volleyball team, and we had a good conversation with them. So hopefully you stick around and not just listen to me and Kyle banter back and forth because it was, it was a good interview. It was, and I was excited for this podcast, having worked with the volleyball team from a communication standpoint, my first two years, oh God, I don't even remember, my first two years, like three years, my first, I don't know, my first few years. It all runs together. It all runs, (laughs) I was with the volleyball team for a couple of years at least. Um, Kind of hit all over the place there. uh, Yeah, you know, at the beginning, Coach Keeley was smiling a lot, and then we talked about uh action and thrill sports and, and her, her expression she, changed quite dramatically yeah. i think she found out some activities that some of her players have been up to this summer that she would not necessarily approve of from an injury standpoint let's just say if you're a professional athlete those be there would be clauses in your contract against doing some of these activities uh very true but it was uh really... all the things they did patrick mahomes cannot do no <laughs> no And on that note, we'll take a break and be back with members of the Columbia volleyball team. So stick around. We all know what comes with being a fan, the ups, the downs, and everything in between. Share a Coke with a friend. Coca-Cola, the official beverage of the Columbia Lions. At Athletic Brewing Company, we've built America's first craft non-alcoholic brewery. We've created a lineup of award-winning, non-alcoholic beers. Our beers are made with organic grains and start at only 50 calories. Athletic beers are perfect for anyone who loves being healthy and active, but also loves to enjoy great-tasting beer with friends. To give us a try, go to athleticbrewingcompany.com and use code ATHLETIC20 for 20% off your first order. All right, welcome back to our Volleyball Takeover Week of the Roarcast. Uh, I'm Kyle Matrician, as we mentioned, joined by Mike Kowalski, and this week we have the volleyball team, head coach Allison Keeley in her third season. We have Audrey Chang, a senior setter, Issa Lamus, a junior middle, and Chloe Rutledge, a sophomore libero defensive specialist. Chloe, have you taken over the libero role yet or not yet? Did you Were you libero last year? Yeah, not yet. Not yet. She's <laughs> going to, though. She's going to. The future libero of the columbia volleyball team anyway really appreciate everybody joining us this week coach keely it's really good to see you i mean seeing as i used to cover the volleyball team for three seasons and i worked with you for one um like this is a great episode i've been looking forward to it thanks kyle it's fun to see you again we missed you all right let's get into it uh audrey senior this year obviously you know, things kind of are a little bit different uh, than we would have liked them to be. But you, I mean, you know, there's still the perspective that we'll have, you know, everybody's hopeful that we'll have volleyball in the spring and stuff like that. So, I mean, you as being a senior on this team and everything that the team's had to go through so far this fall, finding out about the season, you know, how do you, how was that all handled from a volleyball standpoint this year, like with you being one of the leaders? Yeah, I think um, it was definitely really surprising in March when we had to cut our spring short. Um, and I think when that happened, 
there was like no way we were looking ahead and thinking that our fall season was also going to get cut at that point. Um, so, you know, when we went home in March, we were definitely treating it as like, okay, we're home, but like, we're going to continue training. We're going to try to train as much as possible, um, get touches, like, you know, the gyms were closed, but like get touches at home, get touches with friends um, in a safe way. And I think once the perspective of like fall season being canceled happened, um, I think there was kind of like a weird limbo of like, okay, like, we, we really don't know what's going to happen. Like everything's so up in the air with everything in the world, not just like our volleyball season, like everything was really unsure, you know, going back to school, like what's going to happen with internships, what's going to happen um, with everything in our lives. Um, but I think now we're kind of slowly transitioning, like as we realize like, okay, there's a possibility of a modified spring season. I think we're kind of transitioning back towards we're going to get back on it. Like we're going to start training again, especially once gyms are open um, and we have those opportunities to get into the gym and, you know, get equipment. I want to ask you about some uh, like team related things. Uh, first of all, I want to put out some accolades about you. You have over 2000 career assists in your three seasons, which is a third all time for the Columbia volleyball program. So a very nice career for you. Um, <laughs> I have to do it. I have to do it. Thanks. Good thing. Don't worry. Um, I want to ask you since you're a senior and you know you've seen the team change so much from what it was when you got here to what it is now. So, like, what has been the biggest change that you've seen in the team over those over those years? Um, I would say. Man, yeah, there has been a lot of changes in the past three years, three, four years. Um, maybe one of the biggest one is just setting goals and having a set standard for everyone on the team, like making sure everyone's on the same page and that we have these goals as a team and we're making sure everyone on the team wants to work towards them. Um, I think Coach has done a really great job with that, like since taking over the program, it's been really just like, this is our expectation for Columbia Volleyball, like these are our goals. And this is like what we want to become. Like we have a very clear set, like future goal, like not just season to season, like future goal of like, we want to become a championship program. Um, and I think that's something that's very different and has changed across the years. Now it's hard to have a volleyball podcast and not mention Chi Chi. <laughs> oh yeah. Beloved Chi Chi. Yeah. I mean, uh, obviously last year, for, I mean, for people who don't know, who, people who don't necessarily follow the volleyball program, but are listening to this podcast, she was a senior last year. I mean, she was arguably, I mean, definitely one of the best, if not arguably, maybe the best, we'll have to, I don't know all the numbers, uh, volleyball player to ever come through, uh, Columbia University and Issa, you share a position with Chi Chi and for mm -hmm. I want to say yeah two years for two years you kind of got to like see her play and you and her were on the court uh many times together uh yeah. during the last two years you know you, you know she's in people again who maybe don't understand volleyball she's in the front row you're in the back row playing middle vice versa so what was it like to play for Chi Chi or play with Chi Chi uh and learn from her for those two years well, definitely coming in, playing with Chi-Chi was, like, one of my biggest, um, I would say, like, well, one of the things that I was, like, looking forward to the most, because I knew that I don't think I would be able to play someone as good as Chi-Chi 
again in my life maybe <laughs> especially to like compete for a position um so i definitely knew that playing against her would make me a significantly better player but unfortunately i did get injured um multiple times <laughs> so that was cut short and i really didn't get to appreciate playing against her as much as i would have liked to but i think even then she was just such a good teammate and such a great player that I even learned just from sitting on the bench and from me giving her feedback, which like someone who's just so great, like even the little things, once they ask you for feedback or you give it to them, you like learn more yourself. So obviously incredible to play with Gigi. Do you feel like you've kind of taken on like went, did it, did it happen for you maybe a moment over the spring, like after Gigi graduated and then all of a sudden you're like kind of the most senior, even though, you know, you're not a senior oh, yeah. yet, but you're like the, 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 the leader of the middle. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, like how did that feel for you? Like over the spring and like, you kind of like lead this group now. I mean, it, it's obviously like my job now is to try to fill Gigi's shoes as best as I can. Um, there's, I might not do it, but at least I have that like goal in mind and like that standard that I should try to do that because it clearly is possible. Um, and she has taught me everything that I need to do to be able to do that, like in terms of commitment, in terms of just like all around just effort and calmness, because also one of the most like cool minded people I've ever met <laughs> in super stressful situations. You knew that she, she just had it all together. Um, so yeah, I just, I knew that I w would have to step it up, but obviously it's like a little harder with an injury in the way too. So it's two steps, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and Chloe, just getting to you, just talk a little bit about, we've talked, we're getting into the volleyball meat and potatoes of the sport and everything. Talk a little bit about your position as a libero defensive specialist and what you learned uh, from your first year in 2019. Um, yeah, for my first year, I mean, I was so, so lucky. Like, like Kyle was saying, like, we had such, like, an amazing group of seniors, um, and, like, kind of what Audrey touched upon, like, like, our team culture was just, like, incredible. So I was super lucky going into my freshman year. I had, like, this amazing group of girls that, you know, like, work super hard, loves the sport, like, loves each other, um, so I just had like such a wonderful first year um, playing in the back row, especially kind of like, like what Issa was talking about with Chi Chi, um, learning to like defend against Chi Chi during practice, like <laughs> having that be like the person, like first day in the gym, I walk in, I'm like, okay, like, like, first of all, don't get concussed. Second of all, like <laughs> it's my job to get like every single ball up that she hits down, like having, having her um, across the net during practice definitely like transferred well into games when I was just like you know up against someone like not as big or like not as strong like coming at me with whatever kind of arm swing I'm like you know what if I can dig Chi Chi I can be like I can dig anyone so yeah. yeah that was pretty awesome for me as a freshman yeah I just think I had such a great unique experience I was super lucky with the group of girls I had I want to ask you now that since you brought it up Chloe Rutledge first practice walking in trying to dig college players and then you already knew who Chi Chi was but like 
do was there like any nerves or did you have like a moment during like maybe the first week of practice where you were like holy crap like that not in high school anymore I don't know I don't know about like the hitting because because I mean even in club like that's always just been like my job like it's kind of exciting when you see like a hitter come up and they've got like a really heavy arm because that just means your digs are gonna be so much more fun um so the hitting I was definitely really excited about it was <laughs> it was the setting that really got me <laughs> everybody me sets. everybody I was sets. like what I was like my setting I was like no way everybody sets <laughs> <laughs> and I, I wasn't supposed to bump set and I think that really threw me for, <laughs> that like really threw me for a loop um I think that's the thing that stuck out to me the most about my first day was like playing playing queens seeing Sherry, like another, um, another DS lib, um, just the way that she played defense, how aggressive it was, like how far, like how much court she could cover. That was like, I was just looking at her, I was like, whoa, like, okay, like I can do this. Like I got to get in there. Um, and then, yeah, the setting. <laughs> Talk yeah. about um, when you came in, part of such a large class, right? Mm -hmm. um, and Coach Keeley's like, you know, because coach, I know you were hired like the year before, but I'm pretty sure that class was pretty much already locked in, right? And Chloe, you had been recruited, I'm sure, to a degree at some point before uh, Coach Keeley got here, but um, you're coming in with such a large class and it's kind of coach's like first big class coming in. So like, what was it like to come in with all those girls at the same time and go through the experience at the same time? I remember coach saying something about how like they prepared for like the big class coming in. They like told all the upperclassmen, like they're like little balloons, like you gotta hold on to them. Like, <laughs> let them, like, like stray too far away. Um, I loved the big class. Um, I don't know, I love the community of it. Like having a lot of people, like having so many teammates and then especially like the freshmen being able to like be in classes with like almost everybody was really cool. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I think they, I think they were more stressed about it than we were. <laughs> Honestly, like the first thing that comes to mind, I just remember in the spring, because we only had 10 girls in the spring of 2019. And we had like, what, seven or eight girls coming in in your <laughs> class. And we would just look around the locker room in the spring and be like, guys, imagine like seven or eight girls more in here. <laughs> like we're just looking around and we're like, we gotta appreciate the space while we have it. Yeah, and we, we like barely had space before. Like we, we were kind of like shoulder to shoulder, but we're like, this is okay. But we're like, like more people are not gonna fit for sure. I know, I don't think I'll ever have that because the class below us is pretty big too. So we're always just gonna be packed. Like, like two of us in each locker, but gotta do what you gotta do. <laughs> Yeah, I think there's just as many freshmen uh, that are new to the program this year as there are sophomores right now. I think seven sophomores and seven freshmen right now, so 14 underclassmen on this team. So really exciting future for Columbia Volleyball, but I still know that Audrey and Issa know that there's work left to do yet. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, Coach Keeley, I want to get to you. You've been on this podcast for 10, 15 minutes now, and, you know, we've just been talking to the girls, but you've been uh, gracious enough to join us today. Uh, you're entering your third season, as I mentioned before, and, you know, this team's really starting to take the shape that, you know, reflects your style and your, your coaching style and your recruiting. So uh, just kind of just kind of talk about you know, where the team, give everybody an update on uh, the Columbia Volleyball program, you know, where you have it right now and, 
you know, the things that you're looking forward to? Sure. I, you know, I, I do think actually there's been quite a bit of consistency over the last three years that the people and the people that define the program um, have been there. Like Audrey's been setting this team for four years. We had the senior class with Grace and Rose and uh, Chi Chi and Kaylee and that's a big force. And they said, this is what we want. This is how we're going to go, go do it. So it was, there was a lot of uh, commonality, I think, in, the, in my last couple of years here. Um, and it was great, great leadership, great people. And I do think we're in a big transition period right now. Uh, like you mentioned, we do have a lot of younger people and you're, we're transitioning our leadership. So Audrey, for the first time, she, kudos to Audrey, she doesn't get <laughs> enough, enough press. So I'm gonna blow her horn, but she's amazing. She is our captain. She is our heart and soul out on the court. Um, she's a person, she's tough, she can take coaching, she can take pressure, uh, she can win games for us when we need her to throw the ball. Um, and she's one of the best in the conference. Uh, but she's a leader for us. And so losing the four seniors last year, and then back-to-back -back losing Audrey with Maddie and Caitlin, right? They were grooming, they were getting ready to take that leadership role. And it's not just Audrey, it's that, that class as well. They're all roommates, they're all best friends, they all have a vision and now not to be able to have that senior season is a big loss for our program it really is um, as you mentioned Audrey's third in the leaderboard of all times assist she would have been our, our all-time Columbia assist leader after this season um, so that's a challenge for us so Issa is stepping up to the plate with her classmates uh, Emily and Sherry um, they are great leaders they are people that bring energy and smile and compete in the gym every day so we're looking for them and giving them opportunity to kind of develop their leadership and, and start to uh, take over this program with the two young classes that we have under them. We talked about this uh, in your office a few times uh, when I would just kind of go in there and talk to you about the team. And, and uh, one of the biggest things that stands out to me from when you got here to where the team is now is just the number of players that you have, right? And I think your first year here, there were 13 or 14 girls on the team. Right. And right now you've got right now you've got 20. So like, what does that do for you just in a practice setting in terms of like, you know, inner team competition and getting ready for games and getting ready for matches when you, when you can actually, you know, have that have that many players. I mean, you almost have enough players to feel the full, you know, two courts, you know, with everybody against each other. So what does that do for your team competition there? I think it's exciting. It gives us a lot of depth. The Ivy League season is, is pretty short, so it's hard to come back from injuries, and <clears throat> you need that depth. So when somebody goes down, somebody's got to step up. And, I mean, even the, in the last couple of years, if you look at Audrey's class, she had, she had four people, two that were injured for two seasons almost. Maddie Ward didn't get to play for almost two years. Um, and Caitlin was in and out, and then they lost it. They had a transfer. So there was a, a lack of depth when we got here. Um, that would have been a really powerful senior class of four of them having played four years would have made our program look different. So I think the depth gives you the opportunity to adapt to some of those challenges. Um, this year, Issa wasn't able to play, as she mentioned. Um, so Soa was able to step up. So if we have somebody that can step up, um, I think that's going to make our difference in the, the difference between being a championship program and being a program that finishes in the middle of the pack is to be able to overcome some of those injuries. Um, and then, I don't know, our, our team is great. They're fun to be with in the gym. They like to compete. They like to play volleyball. So we just like that energy. And you're looking at three of our energy leaders right here on the screen. That's why we, that's why we booked him for the podcast. <laughs> that's right. the point. Yeah. <laughs> I can feel the energy. Um, all right. I want to get off volleyball now for a little bit. And I want to, 
I want to talk about uh, some things that maybe we brought that we did bring up before we got on the air here and kind of where everybody is and what everybody's up to right now. So Audrey, you said, and little interesting nugget that ties into last week that you're in uh, Boulder, you're from Superior, right? And you're in Boulder right now, but you're living with two cross country girls that were on, or one of was one of them on the podcast or were the both of them on the podcast last week? I don't even know. One of them, Allie Hayes. Allie Hayes was on the podcast with the cross country, not last week, but the week before the cross country podcast when we had that. So, I mean, kind of, you know, let everybody know like what you're up to in Boulder. I mean, I'm sure, you know, you're a senior in college this year, so you're trying to have that senior experience. That seems to be uh, what a lot of people have told us, you know, they, they still want to have their senior year of college in any capacity that they can and still have, you know, live with their roommates if they can. So kind of talk to us like what went into that decision and what you guys are up to. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, I'm living with two cross country girls who I've lived with the last two years. Uh, and there's actually another two cross country girls living in the same building and then another four living like a couple miles away. Um, and apparently there are a ton of Ivy League cross country runners just in Boulder right now. So I guess a large portion of the Ivy League student athlete population is here. <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely wanted to have some sense of a senior year, like a college experience for my last year. Um, and I think it was really lucky, like Sam and Allie both said they were trying to get a house out here. And I was like, okay, I'm definitely joining in on this. Um, so I think it's just, it's been really interesting having those two parts of my life mix this way because um, like I have grown up here my whole life and then being able to kind of bring a little portion of Columbia here um, has been really great. Are they turning you into a runner? A little bit yeah <laughs> definitely. we all go in our runs in the morning I'm like I'm like on Strava now I'm like wow I feel like I'm a oh Did you hear the, the portion about Strava art in our cross-country episode? I didn't. I, I definitely do feel a little integrated in their team because I'll be in the background during their Zoom sessions too. Like they'll Zoom as a team and I'm in the back. Like I, I know a lot about your team. <laughs> definitely definitely look into Strava art. That was a really eye-opening conversation that like people actually like plan their running routes and like create like drawings and things like that through the app. It's amazing. <laughs> Chloe, do you Strava art? I see you kind of nodding there. Are you a Strava art person? <laughs> I haven't I haven't gotten to Strava art yet. I'm still just running in circles around like around like my neighborhood, but maybe I'll get on that grind. That kind of sounds <laughs> Audrey, what's the uh have you tried to like challenge yourself? Like what's the farthest you've run with the cross country girls in the morning? Have you like gone on a like a long distance run there? Oh, I don't run with them. Like I don't I don't <laughs> run with them. I run on my own. We all run separately because we're all, we're all very different speed as in I'm I'm much, much, much slower than them. Um they'll they'll be talking, they're like, Man, I had such a like I went so slow this morning. Like I ran like 10 miles at like eight minute pace. Like it's just such a joke. And I was oh like, God. I don't even want to tell you my times right now. <laughs> no, I don't run with them. <laughs> my, uh, let's see. Well, for, if I tried to run 10 miles, I wouldn't make it. And then I think uh, <laughs> over either. the summer when I was, <laughs> summer when I was uh, trying to run a little bit, I was happy if I kept it under like 15. I was like, okay, like a nice <laughs> <good> job. <laughs> I was just going to ask Issa and Chloe if there was, if there's any unique training methods you guys have been doing while you're not on campus at the moment. Um, I have a gym here in my building that's actually like it, it has pretty much everything. I have like a squat rack. I have um, a bench press. I have pretty much like everything that we have in Dodge. So I've actually been able to to do that. Oh, and then a treadmill. 
So I've been running a little bit, even though I'm really bad at running long distance. <laughs> but I do it like once a week just so I feel good about myself. Isa, <laughs> you said you're in New York. You let us know before we came on the, the podcast mm-hmm. and you're from Miami. So, yes. you know, what, are, you know, kind of give everybody, you know, what are you up to in New York? Are you living with anybody on the team or are there athletes or what are you up to in New York? So I'm living with Audrey's old roommate, who's also a senior in cross country. Um, so that's where I got the running from, <laughs> where I got my little competition, like internally. Um, but yeah, I came to New York because in Miami, it's just no one's there. Pretty much everyone's in their college town. Um, so I think just doing my classes at home for such a long period of time and like sometimes it can be stressful. I kind of wanted to be somewhere that I could like walk around and like, uh, yeah. And also some of my teammates are here. So I think that's probably like the biggest thing that I get to see them and I'm not totally disconnected. Nice. And then Chloe, you're joining us from Southern California, correct? Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, just kind of let everybody know. I I assume you're at home because that's where you're from, right? Yeah, I'm yes. at home, living yeah. with my family still. Thanks for joining us so early, by the way. <laughs> oh yeah, of course. I was gonna be up anyways. Well, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Um, yeah, no, I'm. I'm super glad that I get to spend like such good quality time with my family. Like my dad's a little bit older. Luckily, everyone's like healthy right now. So really grateful for that. Um, my mom's like a huge traveler, so this is uh, the COVID ban has been an issue for her. But we've been taking like small trips just like Santa Barbara or San Diego we've been like skydiving paragliding like trying to stay active um sure, yeah that's what I yeah know. that's kind of been my my point <laughs> she's like I'm just trying to stay active by like skydiving morning I jump out of a plane just you know get my adrenaline going for the day it's better than coughing Wait. and then I go to bio <laughs> <laughs> Well, I also like I've been running um, distance because there's not like much we can do. Our gyms are like opening and closing every like month, you know, so running's like something I can do consistently um, when the air quality allows for it. But I ran 10 miles the other day, like just by the beach, like best view ever. It was. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm glad I'm I'm in SoCal. They're like worst places to be for sure. I want to go back to the skydiving. You have to go first. back to the skydiving. No, but, but first, before I go back to the skydiving, you did bring up the air quality in California. So, um, you know, obviously with all the wildfires going on in California right now, uh, we do hope that your family and everybody is doing well, and it does look like it. So thank you uh, for letting us know. And I hope that you know, none of your family or friends have been affected by it too much. Um, but anyway, back to the skydiving. Is this something you've done, like, since when like how old are you when you first went skydiving i actually just went for the first time um a few weeks ago down in oceanside uh so nonchalant when you talked about it though it seemed like you were like a (laughs) (laughs) we're actually we're planning on going back because i loved it so much i i like we jumped out of the airplane and i immediately was just like i'm never going on another roller coaster like this (laughs) is the coolest thing ever um i don't know free fall was so cool it was amazing so i'm planning on going back maybe one day i'll be able to do it without someone on my back we'll see um 
I don't know. I Were just you think like upset really the first time that somebody had to go with you or? <laughs> no, I was glad. No, <laughs> okay. <laughs> the scariest part wasn't even like jumping out of the airplane because like he does it all the time. You're like, they do like, however, he's at like 20,000 jumps in his career or something ridiculous. The scariest part was that like, when we were flying, the door was wide open and I wasn't like strapped in. Like there was no seatbelt. The guys in front of us that were like seasoned, like veteran skydivers were playing like Clash of Clans on their phone, sitting just like on the floor next to an open door in this like airplane. I was like, what is going on right now? I was terrified. <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna get sucked out of this airplane right now and like not have enough like like time to like pull my parachute or like I, I wasn't strapped in yet to the guy I was like there was a million things going through my head of like what could go wrong and everyone was so nonchalant just like on their phones I was like what is going on <laughs> just an everyday occurrence for those for those people Audrey, any other, Lisa, any any other thrill seekers on this uh, podcast yeah. this week <laughs> no not I no not I <laughs> not I <laughs> Oh, what's the most what's the most exciting thing that you've done uh that can't possibly at all relate to skydiving um i'm learning well my boyfriend's teaching me how to skateboard okay God, <laughs> are, are we just like riding or are we trying to do like ramps and like um right now we're just trying to stay on it without falling <laughs> i'm just like oh my god <laughs> Can you turn Coach Keely, Coach Keely just had a heart attack. <laughs> you don't even know. She's like, oh, this is coming from the girl I just talked about all her injuries. Like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to skate. I'm just learning, you know? No, no. <laughs> yeah, you know, we had a no skateboarding rule because our setter liked to skateboard. So, yeah. Not, oh. I, did, I did just have a heart attack. <laughs> I was really looking forward to this next season. <laughs> God, no, I'm going to be fine. <laughs> With your helmet and it, wrist yeah. guards and yeah. knee pads. Elbow pad, yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Are you yeah, no, no, no. I definitely need to have those on. Oh, Just feel bubble wrap. <laughs> yeah. Can just have me like a mini heart attack? Next thing you know, in like a month, we'll see a video of Issa like at like Venice, or I don't know, she's in New York, so I don't know what the skate park is there. But... <laughs> You know, just like grinding down some rails on the vert, like doing 360s, and Coach Keeley will just. <laughs> also, I, if you know me, that's like very out of character for me. <laughs> the skateboarding does not match who I am. <laughs> but it's it'll be fun. What's the most exciting thing you've done on a skateboard so far? Um. Like stay on it for more than a minute. Yeah, I like <laughs> directions, and I was really excited. <laughs> All right, Audrey, did you say? Uh, I forget. We got to the skateboard, and I forget if you said anything. Oh no, I, I haven't been doing any thrill seeking, like no, no skateboarding or no. skydiving. No. no. Coach Keeley is happy about that. Thank you. Thank you. We're <laughs> <laughs> only not returning player. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no. Jag One Physical Therapy is a proud partner of the Columbia Lions. With state-of-the-art rehabilitation equipment and facilities, allow us to develop a specific plan catered to each patient. The Jag One team proudly serves the tri-state area with facilities throughout Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, Staten Island, Westchester, Long Island, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. We're here for you. Get back the life you love. Visit www.jag1pt.com. That's J-A-G. 
O-N-E-P-T.com for more information. New York Presbyterian Hospital is one of the nation's most comprehensive, integrated academic health care delivery systems dedicated to providing the highest quality, most compassionate care and service to patients in the New York metropolitan area, nationally and throughout the globe. New York Presbyterian is consistently recognized as a leader in medical education, groundbreaking research, and innovative patient-centered clinical care. Ranked number one in the New York metropolitan area by U.S. News and World Report and repeatedly named to the honor roll of America's best hospitals, New York Presbyterian has 10 locations in the metropolitan area. For more information, visit nyp.org today. I think another interesting thing about watching volleyball with you guys and just kind of across the board is the celebrations after every point. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. like what goes into that? Is that coordinated or is that all just natural emotion? Definitely just natural like emotion. And club, they're pretty coordinated. And you have like like cheers that you do that everyone practices and stuff oh like God. that. Uh, we, we coordinate the bench cheers a lot. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> If yeah. anyone has seen Pierce Woodall, you know it's not coordinated. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to use Pierce as an example. I was like, when Pierce literally falls on the floor and slaps the floor <laughs> after someone gets a point, <laughs> like she does it like 10 times a game. And every time it's just her natural first instinct is just fall to the floor, slam the floor <laughs> several times. <laughs> I, I just like, I'm just, how does that even start? Like between volleyball and fencing, like the celebrations are just like, they're so intense and it's it's really fun to watch. Cause it's happening so quickly. So like, like you're really just like in the moment and then everything, like when you're playing volleyball, it's all like instinctual. It's like, we're not like making a bunch of decisions like up in our brains. It's, it's basically just like our reactions to everything. So you really get like our natural reactions. Like when we win a point, it happens so fast. You're just like, yes. Like for me, I was always like, like throwing both my hands up in the air and like screaming. And when we watched like, the video back there were like like so many different like clips of me doing that and I remember coach just going back just going oh there's Chloe celebrating <laughs> every dead ball also um, I feel like in volleyball everything you do is just so intentional that like literally like a pass you're just like please like please <laughs> like this that like please put it like where where I wanted to be just, like when, when it actually happened I was just like yes <laughs> <laughs> And I, and we all know that the big hits and the big blocks yeah. are what make for the best celebrations. And the long rallies too, I'm sure. Yeah, the long rallies. But I feel like if you have a long rally and the ball just kind of like randomly goes out when somebody tries to attack <laughs> from the back. Then it's, True. You know, oh, yeah. Yeah. So That's kind of sometimes the best though. Because you're like afterwards, I love long rallies because my favorite part is like after and when you win the point and everyone's so tired. <laughs> like sprint, like just sprint back and forth and jump for like a minute straight. And every, no one even has the energy to cheer. They're just like, yes. And like everyone's just like on their knees, like catching their breath. It's like a thank God that's over. <laughs> Issa, do you prefer as a middle, do you prefer the big block for the celebration or a big hit? That's hard. Um, I think, uh, I, I think like I get a, like more out of a block than I do out of a hit. I think mainly because it's just like stopping them, you know, it's like you were, you tried to do something and you couldn't. 
<laughs> That's the uh, best way that she can put it in terms of what is allowed on uh, commercial <laughs> radio podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whereas like a hit, it's like, it is also really exciting, but I don't know. I feel like when I cheer for a kill that I made, it's not as crazy as a block. Yeah, the blocks for sure, I want to, especially in like an intense rally, because volleyball, the atmosphere at a volleyball game, if anybody's listening to this podcast and they haven't been to one of our What are you waiting games, for? Like, well, I don't <laughs> think it's like one of the most exciting sports. To be. It's kind of like, Mike, I know you watch a lot of hockey, right? Yeah. And I feel like if you watch volleyball on screen, it doesn't translate to how exciting it is when you're there, right? Yeah. And it's still exciting when you watch it on screen, but when you're there, you just feel like you're wrapped up in it the entire time uh even working the game like sitting at the table it's just like doesn't matter how many people are there it's loud and uh it, it's like I mean, it, for me it just makes for a great atmosphere so i wanted to touch on audrey last year you became one of the few people in columbia history to record a triple double in a game Ooh. so we have that. to we have to we have to talk about that a little bit uh i was luckily lucky enough to see somebody at C I used to work at Seton Hall and they had a player named Shelby Manthorpe and she led the nation in assists or triple doubles. Um, she was a great multi diverse player. Um, so I got kind of spoiled seeing that my last year at Seton Hall and coming here. And then when I saw that, I was like, wow, I haven't heard of that since like Shelby Manthorpe when I was back at Seton Hall. So talk about that game. What was going right for you? Did you realize you had one until, or did you not know until after the game? Um, yeah, I did not know until after the game. I also don't remember what game that was that that <laughs> happened. Um, yeah, honestly, one of those things where it just happened after and I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Um, I don't think I have a very good gauge on those kinds of things during the game. Like, I'm not like, this is my 12th dig. Hell yeah, I just reached a triple double. Like, no, like, it's definitely always afterwards. And I'm like, oh, okay, like, I got a, I got a double double or a triple double. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool to get that, like, nice thing to check off the list. I didn't think it was something I would ever really um, be able to reach because I kind of figured, like, triple doubles seem like something that if you're running a 6-2 and the setter is staying in and, like, acting as a setter and a hitter, like, mm -hmm. you're more likely to get triple double. Right. Um, so it, it was pretty cool to be able to do that. You know, not just the triple doubles, but you had a bunch of double doubles too. How important is it that you, you're able to, you know, kind of, not just be one dimensional. I know it's a setter. Your main job is to, to facilitate and get everybody else involved, but you got to keep the defense on their toes too once in a while too. Yeah. The double doubles. I think that definitely um, is a result of like coach and I have been working on my defense, like pretty much since like the day she got to Columbia. It's something that we've been working on, like, especially during the spring, like we would just go to the side and she would just hit balls at me and I would just <laughs> try to dig the balls for like months. Like every day would come into practice and do that. Um, so it was really nice to see that show just in terms of like a statistical or more tangible label um, with the double doubles. Usually when you see setters, it's the defense and the, and the sets, the assists that are the double doubles. Yeah. Um, and Audrey pretty consistently, uh, we used her as an offensive weapon and that's her strength. I mean, she's one of the best in, in the conference and one of the best that I've ever coached in terms of scoring, which is, as a coach, you have to make system decisions. Do you run a 5-1? Do you run a 6-2? Um, and even like my first year here, we usually go with a 5-1 because Audrey is one of our uh, highest percentage scores in the front row. So that's pretty unique for a setter. 
And yeah, she had 102 kills last year, average yeah. 1.12 kills per set. I just knew that off the top of my head. Don't worry about <laughs> <it>. <laughs> so, Coach, with talk about you know your. I assume you do team like Zoom meetings and stuff like that. Do you guys do Zoom meetings and like yeah. you know how has that become? When did that start to feel normal? And do you guys do any kind of like fun, intriguing things on your Zoom meetings to keep things interesting? Zoom is very challenging. <laughs> we did some some good ones earlier where we had some alumni come on um, that volunteered. Uh, the first first half of COVID was about COVID, right? And surviving and uh, understanding. So we had a lot of our alumni are in the medical profession. So um, a couple of them were working here in New York when it was at its peak. So they came on and shared their experience. Um, and then the second uh, part of the summer was a little bit more around the Black Lives Movement. So we had a couple of our alumni come on that are engaged as an educator and on the legal side um, with some of those issues and challenges. So we, the girls led discussions too on some of our uh, proactive pieces of that. So that was kind of unique. Um, but yeah, it's kind of a challenge. So I feel it's a better opportunity just when the coaches step off and they just sit and talk and use that time to look each other in the face and spend some time together. And I think that's where a little bit more of the fun happens. <laughs> All right. So from the player's perspective, and I guess I'll pick Audrey since she's the senior first, put her on the spot when you're, you know, when you're on those zoom meetings, uh, kind of talk about like from a leadership standpoint, like what you're trying to convey, or are you guys just trying to like catch up with each other or kind of what's going on in those meetings? Yeah, I think um, those meetings are definitely a time for us to all just like talk casually and like catch up with each other. I think that's something that is just a huge bummer is that we do have such a big team and a big freshman class, but like really the only way to get to know them right now is virtually versus like if we were on campus at this point, like, you know, the second all like seven of them stepped on campus, we would have given seven separate hugs. Um, so that is something that's a bit harder to do over Zoom, um, which is a bummer. Chloe, why don't you talk a little bit about some of these team initiatives? Coach talked about Black Lives Matter and, you know, COVID and what's, what are some of the initiatives you guys are going to get involved in, you think? Um, well, we were, we did um, a lot of sessions like early on, obviously, like starting in March, we dedicated basically all of our team Zooms to like talking about like the Black Lives Matters movement. Um, and it was really cool. We split up into like like the education group and then like the activism group and so like depending on what you wanted to do um and we have like a group chat called like shared resources so it's it's like a continuous thing that even though like during our team meetings we might be talking about like volleyball more now or like our workouts and stuff like that it's still something that's like kind of a part of our everyday and like part of our team culture which i think is really cool um, but I think right now, mostly the emphasis is on like making sure everybody is registered to vote. Everyone that on our team that can vote is registered to vote um, and that we know what we're voting for and who to vote for, for the things that like we want to see change, basically. Basically, we like the point of this whole thing was just to get educated, you know, so we separate into two groups and each one would find resources and like read up it, like none of it was like skewed more towards one side than the other it's just simply like learning to be more cultured and like understand other people and understand um how things affect others and like just how to do things properly and how to not so uh yeah we read a lot of books we 
um, listen to some podcasts that were actually really interesting. And then we would just talk about it on Zoom. But it was all really good. I actually learned a lot more than I expected to. I was going to ask you that uh, as you were, as you were going there. I was going to ask you like like what's something like from all this that you guys did that you that you learned that you thought was like really beneficial. I'm not put you on the spot now. No, it's fine. I'm like if I were to pick like one thing because there was actually it's just like encompassing all of it. Like I think I have an idea of what it is to be a minority because I am Hispanic, but I never experienced it. It's not the same, you know, like it's, it's very different. Like I'm, I guess like considered like white. So my experiences have been so drastically different from, um, from African-Americans that like in the moment I thought that I could put myself in the same bowl. Like initially I was like, Oh yeah. Like, minorities like we all are suffering but it's not the same it's not even comparable and I think that's something that we really learned um during our discussions Audrey I see you nodding like is that something that you kind of like felt like as well yeah um I was gonna say like the thing I learned was probably this is a little bit more general um not just to Black Lives Matter just to policy in general is like how much your local government plays a role in how much you want to see change like of course we want to see change at the federal level but what's really impacting your daily life is like what's happening at the local level and i think like my teammate like soa she was really inspiring on that front she went to a lot of protests she sent a lot of emails like wrote a lot of letters out to just like her local government because she knew that's where the change needed to happen um so that was really inspiring to see her participate in that well, unless I'm about to get interrupted by Kyle, there's no Rojas on this call. So, um, we're going to wrap things up here with the volleyball team. I want to thank Chloe, Issa, Audrey, and Coach Keeley for, for joining us today. Hope you're all doing well and enjoyed yourselves. Bye. We hope you enjoyed the episode and you're enjoying the volleyball takeover week. Make sure you stay tuned all week for Talent Tuesday, some virtual game night, takeover trivia on Wednesday. Um, you get to do Lions Quiz on Thursday and the Senior Spotlight on Friday. And we'll be back next week with a brand new episode. So if you want to catch up with previous episodes of the Roarcast, make sure you check out Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcasts, we're there. Uh, you can also visit GoColumbiaLions.com slash podcast. For Kyle Matrician, I'm Mike Kowalski. We'll talk to you again next week.